Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. And you know, I love this series that you've been in, this series about how wisdom, it takes wisdom to build the house, it takes wisdom to build our life. And so what I'd love to do is to share with you a message that relates to wisdom and how we can make the most of every season that we're in, whatever season you're in right now, not waiting for one to come in the future, but how? And so the title of my message tonight is called A Faith That Nails It. A Faith That Nails It. You wanna nail it, you wanna nail your season. And so I already believe that God wants to speak to you here tonight. So I'm going to pray in just a moment. And if you're here for the first time at church, you don't know God, you don't know about God, can I encourage you as I pray just to open up your heart? Say, God, if you're real, He's he's going to change you. If He's not real, no harm done. But you know what He is? And you might just have your life transformed forever as you hear what God wants to speak to you tonight. So why don't you join me as I pray? God, I thank You that no one is here by accident. A friend might have invited them. They might have come for various reasons, God. But tonight is all about your love, your pursuit of people tonight, God. So we thank you that it's all about you tonight. So come, Holy Spirit. Why don't you pray with me, God? I open up my heart. Come and speak to me tonight. Change me. Help me to know you tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, let's thank God for what He's going to do tonight all together. He's so good. Thank you so much. So we tonight are going to be delving into a book called Judges and we're going to be zooming into Judges chapter 4. We're going to be reading from that tonight and learning about how to have a faith that nails it. But um, I just thought I'd set up the context for a second. So in Judges chapter 4, what had happened is God's people, the Israelites, were under brutal oppression for about 20 years from an enemy Canaanite king. So the commander of the Canaanites' army was Sisera. Everyone say, Sisera. And so Sisera came to brutally oppress God's people. So God wanted to rescue His people from this brutal oppression. And so He rose up a prophet named Deborah. And then she partnered with a man called Barak, who was the commander of God's armies, the commander of Israel. And so God raised up these two to deliver the nation. And as they got closer and closer to this big face-off moment, as you're reading through Judges, you hit across this random, strange verse that's just almost inserted randomly, almost like, oh, we lost a verse. Where, where, Where does this belong in the Bible? And they just randomly shoved it wherever it fits. This random verse, it seems to just not quite fit the story. And this is the verse. It says this, Judges chapter 411. It says, now... Heber the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Habab. Just say Habab. It feels very interesting. Habab had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Zananim near Kadesh. Just a lot of interesting names. Okay, I'll sum that verse up for you. Habab moved house. That's what he did. So we're talking about these armies having this big face-off and Deborah against King Sisera. And then it's, oh, by the way, Heber moved house. It's like... Thanks for that piece of information. Anyway, the story continues on. Random. Just just on that note, do you know what? The reason why this is in there, because 
This is God's story that is unfolding right now. Do you know what? God is unfolding His story in your life. And so then we read, then we read on. We keep on reading through. What happens is the armies come and they face off. And then God performs a miracle where He causes Sisera and his whole army to suddenly panic. And they begin fleeing for absolutely no reason. God causes this miracle to unfold. So as they're all fleeing for their lives, we're zooming in to King Sisera, the commander of the army. And this is what's read. It says, Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Yael, the wife of Heber. Remember Heber who moved house? His wife is Yael. So meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Yael, the wife of Heber. And so Yael went out to meet Sisera and she said to him, Come in to my tent, dear sir. Come in, don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said. I'm so thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. He said, stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anybody comes and asks you if there's anyone else, if there's anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Yael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tent peg in her hand. And then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. In Jesus' name, amen. Just Holy Spirit, come. You've heard everything you need to hear. Just be ministered to. Just pause in that moment. Who said the Bible's boring? Hey, come on. A tent peg into the ground. And so he died, naturally. So when Barak came looking for Sisera... Yaya went out to meet him and she said, come and I'll show you where the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sarah laying there dead with a tent peg through his temple. He's like, that escalated. Okay. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And so here what we see is God unfolding a story where God, where God pre-positioned Heber and his wife, Yael, to outwork God's purpose for his life. It doesn't say why they moved, but that's beside the point. There's many reasons as to why they might have moved, but this is about what God was doing. You know, I don't know how you got here to church. I don't know how you got here in your life. Whatever season you are, whatever position you are right now, I don't know why or how you got here, but can I encourage you with this thought tonight? Tonight, God has pre-positioned you because He wants to outwork His purpose in your life. God's got a purpose and a destiny for you. He's pre-positioning you. He's working things together for your benefit, for His purpose. But you know what? We might have been pre-positioned like Yael and Heber were, but what we need to do is have a faith that nails it. And so three keys to nailing your season is number one, don't despise, but recognise. I'll explain that in a moment. Don't despise, but recognise. See, Yael, when, the, when Sisera came to her tent, she recognised that this was her moment. There's no command given. There's no prophet. There's no keyboard playing. This is your moment. Kill Sisera. There's no angels, but she recognised the moment. She took it and then a miracle unfolded and it brought about a victory. But, but get this. So often what we do is we fail to recognise our moments because they're disguised in plain clothing. So my brother was a, a cop and now he's training to be a detective, but now he is among you. He's wearing civilian clothing. You don't necessarily recognise a detective. It's the same in, 
World War II when the, when the Allies defeated Germany, all the Nazis who were once so proud of their uniforms cast away the uniforms and now they're hiding and they were among them in disguised in civilian clothes. Who knows what Cicera was wearing? But so often what we can do is miss the supernatural moments that God actually opens up for us because we despise them because of what they look like. They come in plain civilian clothing. They come in brown paper bags. And we go, ah, that doesn't feel very spiritual. You know what? So often the most spiritual moments are disguised in brown paper packaging. The season that you are in right now, God is calling you to honour the season that you're in. Now get this. Jesus performed many miracles wherever He went. There's, there's a few accounts where it says that Jesus healed everyone who came to Him. He healed eyes. He, the, the mute began to talk. He raised up people from the dead. He healed everyone who came to Him. Why? Because the key that unlocked the supernatural power in their lives from Jesus was this one thing, and that was honour. When they didn't despise Jesus, when they honoured Him, then they would access the supernatural power of God in their life. In complete opposition to that, Jesus went back to His hometown of Nazareth. And what did they do? They began to despise Him. They showed Him dishonour. And the Bible says, not that God was unwilling to do miracles, God wanted to, but it says He couldn't do miracles. What? Jesus couldn't do miracles? Exactly. Because they didn't honour Him. They showed Him dishonour. They didn't unlock the supernatural power God wanted to pour out in their lives because of their honour. They despised because in their minds, Jesus came in plain clothing. He came in civilian clothes. He's wrapped in a brown paper bag. They're like, this is just Jesus. He's a carpenter. Someone knew Him. He plays soccer with our kids at school. And so they didn't honour Him. Do you know what? I used to think that dishonour was actually, the opposite to honour was actually to treat someone really badly. But can I tell you, dishonour is to actually lightly esteem someone. It's to actually treat them as common every day. And in what God's inviting you to do, He wants you to not despise, but to recognise. He wants to honour whatever season that you're in. This is what's going to unlock the supernatural power of God. Maybe you're raising kids at the moment. You're like in, in the middle of a nappy zone. You're like, oh, I despise this season. Don't worry, I know exactly what you mean. But can I tell you, to, to honour the season that you're in, recognise to honour whatever season you're in. If you're leading a connect group here, you might have greater dreams. Don't despise it. Recognise it. Honour what God has called you. Honour where He's positioned you to be with. Whatever, wherever you're working, no matter who your friends are, your work colleagues, honour the season. Don't despise it, but recognise it. And so there is a reason that you are in this tent. God's pre-positioning, He's outworking God's plan in your life. And the key is honour. Now, I'm going to talk to the Christians in the room, okay? You can, you can cut yourself out of this if you're visiting. And by the way, I really want to encourage you to do the six-week challenge. If you're here for the first time, come for six weeks in a row. Give it a real good crack. And I reckon your life will never be the same again. A six-week challenge, come back next week, come back the week after, and you're going to be awesome. But guess what? You can tap yourself out of this. You're abdicated. You're all good. If you call Global Heart your church home, then this is for you. See, you can have two types of Christians in the room. You can have one that is thriving and you can have the next one in the next seat that is dying spiritually. Now, what is the key? The key is honour. You see, to give you a bit of a, a visual example, you can have a garden bed, right? And you've got two of the exact same plants in a garden at home. You can have the same rain, the same soil, the same sun, the same conditions. One tree is dying, the other is thriving. What's the problem? Something called root rot. 
It's a disease that can prevent the roots of that plant to draw out the nutrients, to draw out the moisture in the ground and cause that tree to be fruitful, to to, to be flourishing and to grow great fruit. It's the disease called root rot. Now, spiritual root rot that prevents us from encountering God and drawing out the strength and the nutrients of this place is when we treat Jesus as common. We treat His house as common. We treat leaders, the vision of the church as common. Oh yeah, whatever, it's just church. So one person's dying, but the other person the next seat, like why are they experiencing God? Why are they encountering God and seeing miracles? Because they are honouring the house of God. They're honouring Jesus. They're honouring the church and Jesus' bride. Come on, let's thank God tonight. He is so good. It's how to nail it. First of all, don't despise, but recognise. Second, we just got to use what's within reach. So Yael, she didn't have a sword. She didn't have a dagger. She didn't have pepper spray. She didn't have a gun. She had a tent peg and a hammer. She used whatever was in, within reach. And as she used what she had and she stepped out in faith, again, the victory was brought about. You know, so often what we do is we look at what we don't have. I'm not as spiritual as them. I'm not as smart as them. I don't have a job like that. I don't have kids. I don't. And we use every reason why God's not going to move in our lives. But God's saying, do not. Don't despise what you have. Honour what I, you know, when we think about Moses, God called Moses to rescue the Israelites from 400 years of slavery. And he was like, really? Me? And God's like, yes. He's like, how? And then he asked Moses, you probably heard this before. He said, what's that in your hand? He had a staff. It's like a bit of wood, a bit of wood. It's just normal. It's a stick. But God said, well, give what is in your hand. Give whatever's in reach. Surrender it to me. So he threw it on the ground. And when he surrendered it to God on the holy ground, God's super, the power of God was added to that stick and it turned into a snake. And God said, pick it up. And he picked it up again, turned back into a bit of wood. And this stick, this natural Normal everyday item, when the power of God came out of it, this is what turned the river and the water into blood. This was the staff that led Israelites out of slavery through the promise, through into the promised land, through the Dead Sea. He hit the rock and water came out of the rock. When we give God what is in our hands, we surrender it to Him. He adds the supernatural power of God and He begins to work in your life. And so can I encourage you tonight? You have everything you need to flourish in this season, to see, see Sarah defeated, to see God work in your life. Use what is within reach. And then finally, what we need to do is we need to nail it or fail it. Nail it or fail it. See, so get this. Yael had one shot. She had one shot. See, when I was at woodwork and metalwork back in the day in about year 10, I was told by my woodwork and metalwork instructor, you've got to get a bit of a just so that the nail doesn't slip off the metal. You've got to give a bit of a ding just to provide a little indent there so the nail has something to go into. Imagine if she just did a bit of a test blow first. (laughs) Ding. Imagine she missed it. Her life was over. Here's this brutal warrior. She was done. Yael had to go all in in that moment. And can I encourage you, whatever season of life you're in, to go all in. Go all in for God. I'm a bit of a, any AFL fans here, put up your hand, a couple here. I'm a fair weather Eagles fan. I only go for them when they're winning. I haven't watched a few games lately. 
Man, the, the real fans of the Fremantle Dockers. Hey, you a Frio Docker fan in here? Hello. They are among you. <laughs> I've been told that when an AFL player goes in for a tackle, if they go in half-heartedly, it's more likely they're going to be injured than if they went all in for that tackle. You know what the devil wants you to do? To go half-hearted in a season. To have a bit of a stab, just a bit of a go. A bit of an... But what God wants you to do is to go all in with Him. Go all in to honour the season. Go all in and you're going to see the power of God move in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only just a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If you put all the chips in the table, you're going to get a great return in your life. You know, some of you might be thinking, well, the God thing, the faith thing isn't really working for me. I've sort of gave the church thing a bit of a go, sort of prayed a couple of times. Maybe you've tried church a little bit. But can I just encourage you, maybe you have yet to go all in. As God has said, He promised, He said, you will seek me and you'll find me if you go all in. If you seek me with all your heart, can I encourage you to go all in for God? Go all in for church. Get serving, get connected, get in. Make it a habit of your life to say, God, I'm going all in for you. And you'll see the power of God walk working in your life. If you think about it, I like the analogy of watering your own grass. You live in Perth with a lot of yellow grass around. Who's jealous of that next door neighbour's beautiful, green, luscious lawn? Oh my goodness, if only I had their lawn. Gee, so beautiful. Well, what would you do with their lawn if you inherited their lawn anyway? Do you know what you need to do? You need to water it. So, so often we're jealous of other people's lives and the situation and why is God moving in their life? It's because they're taking the time to go all in. They're taking the time to water their own grass. They're not just putting a few seeds in the grass. They're giving everything to the season they're in and it's becoming green. Can I encourage you to water your own grass? Water your own season. Water your own, rather rather than being jealous of other people's marriages or other people's relationships, hey, water your own grass, it's gonna turn green. Rather than looking at the the church down the road or or their friendships or on Instagram, what are they doing? Do Do you know why their life is going so green and luscious? Because they're taking the time to water their own grass. Water your own grass. Man, the most of you, your life is awesome. And you've got the choice of making it green and luscious by getting out that hose and going all in for God. And I just want to really encourage us with, for me, two very contrasting accounts of a time where I failed it and a time where I nailed it, if you like. Um, it, it, a number of years ago, I remember staying overnight at a friend's place. And the next morning we woke up and had breakfast together. There was a bunch of us there. But I remember sitting next to someone who I, I've never met before. And this guy, he seemed a bit, oh, there's a dark cloud hanging around him. And, and while I was sitting next to him, I really had this sense that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about beginning a conversation with Him. And I knew there's a love of God wanting to reach out to Him. But I was too timid. I was too afraid. And I just put my head down and ignored it. Anyway, breakfast finished. You know, there's a moment, right? You know, you know moments, they come. There's a window. 
There's a window of time, whether it's a few hours, minutes, days, months, a season. There's a window, there's a moment, a moment, a moment, a moment, and it went. And that was it. Cool, see ya, went home. But then a few days later, I got a friend from my, a phone call from my friend and actually said that this guy had taken his life. And I was wrecked. I know it wasn't my decision, but I thought, God, I never want to miss another moment again. I want to honour every moment. I never want to let my fear, my worry get in the way of what you want to do. And so fast forward about a decade after this, I remember moving in to a, to a place in town that was um, a bit lower socioeconomically and we lived next to, I'm going to rename her uh, Paula. We lived next door to Paula. She was like a, as bogan as they come. She swore like a trooper. She was a barmaid for 20 years. She had a tattoo of a demon across her chest. It was gnarly. And so she liked to talk. And so I'd, I'd be driving home and I would make a beeline. I'd park that car and make a beeline for the front door. I'm like, I ain't getting trapped talking to Paula at the fence. Um, and so just to be honest, right? But I thought you are a pastor. And you're, not, no, not in this case. Um, <laughs> I'm not a pastor today. But one day I found myself stuck talking to Paula at the fence and she was talking away. And this was a brown paper bag moment. This is a normal everyday moment. It's like hot and the sun and uncomfortable and you want to go inside and you've got stuff on and precious and things in your mind. And Paula and she's talking and it's, it doesn't feel very spiritual like this. Sometimes you just wish the keyboard were lower. And it's, oh, it's a spiritual moment. Okay, God, I'll get my spiritual pose on. Get ready. But I'm talking to her. But then she mentions about a friend who just got married and I'm kind of half zoning out. But then how she married someone who was actually dying of cancer. And then the Holy Spirit, that same voice, starts to whisper to me. And I felt the love of God just reaching out to this couple. And so I said, hey, if they would love to, I would love to meet with them if, if possible. And so a few days later, she said, yep, they'd like to meet you. So I found myself driving out their driveway and knocking on the door of a complete stranger's house I've never met. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? And so the wife opened up the front door of the house and I walked into this heavy atmosphere. It was so depressing. And I walked into the room and here he was. His skin was yellow. He was skinny. He had creases all over his face. Found out he was an ex-barkey for many years. He had faded tattoos and piercings. Every, and you could tell he had a hard life. And I'm feeling unbelievably inadequate. I'm thinking, what have I got here? But again... For like God was saying, I might not have articulated it like this, but recognise the moment and use what is within reach. I'm thinking, what do I have, God? Well, what have I got? I've got a couple of ears. So I sat down and started to hear their story. And oh, man, so much pain there. You know, like his daughter at four years old drowning in a pool. It was just, it was real and it was raw. And I'm thinking, God, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing here. But then I used what was in reach again. I started just to share, say, hey, I don't have anything here, but I, you know what? I've come from a broken home. My mum's passed away of cancer. My family's fallen apart. I'm not going through what you're going through, but I get pain. But can I tell you that through the midst of pain, I have a God who loves me. That although my life 
can cave in around me. I've got a God who loves me. And the same way that as I sat at the hospital bed and saw my mum pass away, to go and be with Jesus forever. I want to encourage you. You can have a hope that lives beyond this life into eternity. And after I finish my TED Talk, <laughs> he, came the, he came the nervous moment where I'm like, nail it or fail it. I'm like, hey, um, would you guys like to pray with me? And put your faith in Jesus in the same way that my mum did. And I was shocked when they were like, yes, we would. Oh, what do I do now? Um, <laughs> just, where is the keyboard? Where's the script? Now I didn't expect this part. So, all right. And so I led them just through a simple prayer. God, come into my life. And then about three days later, I get a phone call. And he passed away. And he went to be with Jesus. Come on, let's praise God. He's so good. God's love for him. I'm just, I'm just a part of the puzzle. I'm just part of the thing. I'm just someone that was silly enough to say yes to God in that moment. <laughs> um, but to see God's relentless love after him, and I've got to be part of that. You know, God is inviting you to be part of his story. We're defeating so much more than physical armies. We're defeating a spiritual army. And God's inviting you. Will you be part of my story by saying yes to Him, making yourself available to Him once again tonight? And so I want to encourage you not to despise where God's positioned. He's positioned you there for a purpose. Recognise it, honour it, honour the house of God. I think that we should honour the house of God. Hey, We don't expect the world to honour the house of God. We're like, oh, no one likes church anymore. We don't expect that. But as Christians, we should be the ones that are honouring the house of God. Hey? Come on, let's bring honour back to the house of God, to the bride of Christ, worthy of our honour and of our time. Honour to the house of God. It's going to transform your life if you make that decision. Saying, God, I'm, I'm done with the comparison trap. I'm just going to use what you've given me and, and I'm just going to make myself available to you fresh tonight. God, use me if you can. Can I tell you, He will use you when you say yes to God and you give Him what is within reach. Then come on, I'm going all in tonight. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.